Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Joe Welke is here to do the chores with you. Kristen's got other engagements, and Bob is not usually here on Mondays. So you get Jill all to yourself today. And boy, that wax truck, we've been having a lot of adventures from last Thursday. We went to a press release conference deal with uh, Secretary, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack down by in uh, Pepin County and by Arkansas, Wisconsin to an organic farm to learn about their new Climate Smart Commodities program that they're putting together to help with some marketing. On Friday, the wax truck headed up to River Falls to hear about another press release gathering with uh, Wisconsin Secretary Randy Romanski and talking about the meat packing program to grab more meat talent to get um, people to fill the need out there in the marketplace for cutting cutting meat, processing meat, just to make people more aware that there are careers out there that are very fulfilling. And it was very good. They've got, uh, they're going to, River Falls is putting together a curriculum that they're going to be releasing to uh, ag advisors, ag uh, teachers, educators, in a pilot program, six to ten of them. And there's a 10-day curriculum that's all set up, and then they're getting uh, sausage stuffers and grinders with along with it. And it was really kind of neat to be a part of that and learn more about that because I really had no idea when I went up there what, what we were going to be aiming towards. Um, today we've got a lot of other stuff to talk about, too. We'll talk more in depth about that tomorrow because I didn't get to it on my uh script stuff, but today is the start of National Farm Safety and Health Week 2022. You know, we always need to be safe out there no matter what day it is. And uh, finalists have been named for the Leopold Conservation Program, and the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Drag, and Consumer Protection has released its 2023-2025 budget request this last week. And along with that, we'll be hearing about smart corn, And if you're out there on the road today, you know that it is foggy. So turn on those fog lights. There's two things that I was very thankful for this morning. Fog lights and lines on the road. Even though I've driven the road many times, boy, those fog lights were nice this morning. And with that being said, our weather today is supposed to get up to 80 degrees and sunny. So that fog is going to be lifting Tonight, temperature 61. Tomorrow, 85. Humid and mostly sunny, with uh, n- tomorrow night being 58. Wednesday, we're going to see a drastic drop in the temperatures with a high of only 68, but mostly sunny and breezy, and a low 45 at night. Thursday, 61. Friday, 62. And Saturday, 66. 
I guess the weather knew that we were going to be having our first days of fall here towards the end of the week. But as I said, we've got a lot of stuff to cover. And something else we're going to cover is I went down to uh, Osseo to what was called Value Implement, which was uh, bought out by Johnson Tractor. And I caught up with one of the owners, Catherine Hesbeck. And we had a little chat. And I thought we'd, you know, we could air that this morning and you guys could learn a little bit more about what's going on in the in the tractor, in the implement dealerships around their area. But before we get that, we've got some other chores to do. And we'll be ripping through here on Wax 104.5. Let's get some of those chores done. And it is 5.01, so it's time to hear from some national news. Radio, I'm Julie Ryan. The President and First Lady Jill Biden are headed to London to attend Queen Elizabeth's state funeral. The Bidens boarded Air Force One at Joint Base Andrews this morning for the flight to the United Kingdom. The British monarch died earlier this month at the age of 96. The service is set Monday in London's historic Westminster Abbey. The Queen's body is lying in state at the Abbey and lines for those waiting to view the casket have stretched several miles. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says the two flights transporting migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, are just the beginning. DeSantis said the move to put this issue on the front burner for sanctuary cities who often don't directly bear the brunt of people arriving at the border. This comes after Texas Governor Greg Abbott's decision to bus migrants to Democratic-led cities like Washington, D.C. and New York. A hurricane watch is in effect for Puerto Rico as tropical storm Fiona gains strength in the Caribbean. Forecasters say Fiona could dump over a foot of rain in parts of Puerto Rico today. The storm is expected to pass over the Dominican Republic on Sunday and turn north along the U.S. east coast. Forecasters are recommending that people in Florida and on the southeast coast keep an eye on Fiona and have hurricane plans ready to go. Elon Musk is accusing Twitter of fraud after he claims it concealed serious flaws in the company's data security. Musk said on Friday that this should allow him to end his $44 billion deal to purchase the social media company. The Tesla CEO recently amended his previously filed lawsuit after he included allegations made by a whistleblower this week who told Congress about foreign agents meddling on Twitter. Broadway's longest-running show is closing. The final curtain for Phantom of the Opera will be on February 18th, just days after commemorating its 35th anniversary. You're listening to the latest on NBC News Radio. The queen that passed away, her memorial services this morning. So, hello, Wisconsin is not on, and I don't think we're going to have contact with the people over in the newsroom either. But uh, temperatures, temperatures around the area, Eau Claire's at 55 and foggy. And as I said before, I was thankful for fog lights and lines on the road to get me here this morning. So slow down, keep those fog lights on, be careful out there. Medford's 52, Rice Lake's at 50, Wausau's also 55, Green Bay is 60 and clear, Marshville's 53 and foggy, La Crosse is at 58, Madison is 63 and clear, and Milwaukee is the hot spot of the area at 68 and mostly clear. We're going to get through a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Catherine Hesbeck. She is a part owner of Johnson Tractor, and I caught up with her down at the Value Implement. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here in northern Wisconsin, we're not all that familiar with, but we're going to be becoming more familiar with it. I have Catherine Hesbeck. She is a part owner of Johnson Tractor, and they've made some recent acquisitions in the area. Tell me what's going on. Uh, yes, we're very excited. Uh, as of September 1, uh, Johnson Tractor had the opportunity and is very excited to be acquiring uh, the four-store uh, value implement dealership group. Um, we've got a phenomenal group of people uh, that we get to start working with and now call family. Where did Johnson Tractor really get their start? So uh, my grandfather, Ray Johnson, who actually is a Bloomer, Wisconsin native, um, he started the business uh, in Clinton, Wisconsin. It was Clinton Implement. Uh, Johnson Tractor put their 
name uh, when they moved to Darien, Wisconsin, and ultimately landed in in Janesville, Wisconsin, after purchasing one of the Case Company stores. Um, ran as a single store location for a long time, and we've uh, grown one by one. Uh, so we have five locations in southern Wisconsin, northern Illinois, and then as of September one, uh, we will grow to a nine store dealership complex uh, serving the west central Wisconsin area. And in this acquisition, doesn't sound like there's a lot of change up with the staff. So what's really going on with the staff that you already have? Uh, no, we'll, uh, we're excited that uh, it will be the same faces uh, that the customers will be able to interact with. Um, and then there'll be new faces of additional leadership that will be spending time um, at the stores and hopefully implementing positive changes to better serve our customers. What's the main focus of gathering up these other stores? Absolutely. Uh, We are believers in um, growing the business. uh, And with growing the business, uh, we're able to have more supply of inventory, of parts, um, resources, uh, including knowledge of technicians in in the south, uh, technicians in the north that are experts and uh, they can use each other to solve problems more quickly and get our customers up and going uh, in a timely fashion. And along with those connections, do you find that you'll have a quicker grasp towards the new technology? Absolutely. Uh, We are very technology focused. Uh, We know that uh, not only are you buying uh, equipment and machinery and in the physical iron, there's a technology component of it, and that is the trend of future purchases. So we um, we're excited to grow the technology base from our sales team to our service department, and then certainly grow uh, with our experts in precision farming. And Johnson Tractor has kind of a motto for your stores. Tell me about it. So every um, location has tradition and history and uh, faces. So we we stay rooted in tradition and we are a family dealership. Uh, We're focused on family. We are involved uh, in every aspect and uh, we actually have probably now 30 to 40 uh, employees that are all related to each other in one way or another. So uh, we pride ourselves on being a family dealership and and working with family and, and co-workers that act as family. We keep hearing about shipping delays and problem getting those parts in. Do you see this acquisition and expansion a benefit and maybe we can get those parts in a little quicker? We keep hearing about the supply chain issues with more locations do you think you'll have better access to getting those parts and equipment in? Certainly. Um, while we can't control our suppliers and their shipments, uh, we can control when we order and ordering efficiently so we can be prepared for the upcoming seasons. Um, we put a lot of thought and effort into that, uh, specifically in our parts department, uh, to prepare for, for service calls, to prepare for equipment down, and then we also do that on the sales side, um, ordering uh, efficiently and uh, making sure we can serve our markets. And now Johnson Tractor is in some different communities. We're excited, uh, and as we want to welcome the new communities and hope that the new communities welcome us as well, uh, we plan to do so by staying involved. Uh, We're strong advocates for uh, youth and agriculture, so 4-H programs, FFA. Um, we believe that they're uh, our next group of farmers, employees, uh, customers. Um, so we want to continue growing that and, and certainly uh, be involved on a community level. And that was Catherine Hesbeck from Tra- Johnson Tractor. It was really good to catch up with her and find out a little bit more because, you know, the not knowing and is uh, can be a little bit unsettling. We're going to keep moving on here. We've got to get to our markets and get a whole lot more chores done. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance. 
Keeping Wisconsin strong. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's jump into our markets, sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. Our cash livestock, choice-fed beef steers are 135 to 156, with mixed at 111 to 134. Choice-fed beef heifers are 135 to 154, with mixed at 90 to 134. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 126 to 138, with select and silage-fed steers 110 to 125. Cows are 72 to 98, with bulls at 75 to 113. Butcher hogs are 70 to 103, with sows at 32 to 64. Boars are 25 to 38 and a half, with shorn market lambs at 95 to 110. Unshorn market lambs are at 90 to 104. Feeder lambs are $1 to $2, with ewes at 55 to $1. Small goats are 10 to $160. Medium goats are 75 to $302. Large goats are 100 to $480, with nanny goats at 50 to $320. And our cash futures. For October, for our live, for our cattle, live cattle, for October is 145 and a half, down 12 and a half cents. For December, 150, 97 and a half, down 35 cents. February, 155 and 10 cents, down 27 and a half cents. And that market is trending downward. Our feeder cattle, uh, for September, 179.20, down 15 cents. October, 181 and a quarter, up 32 and a half cents. For November, 182.75, down two and a half cents. And January, 184.25, down to, or up two and a half cents. For our lean hog carcasses, for October, we're at 96.90, up 85 cents. December, 87.97 and a half, up 32 and a half cents for February 91.65 up 40 cents and that market is trending upward and we're going to take a look at our Chicago Board of Trade for our corn for December 674 down two and a half cents and that is trending downwards through the end of the year but then it's looking to trend upwards into the new year oats is at 402 up six cents and that's trending up Soybeans for November is at fourteen fifty one. That's up two and a half cents. And that's trending upwards through the end of the year. Soybean meal for October is four hundred thirty three dollars a ton. That's up four dollars a ton, and that one's also trending upward. With our wheat for December at nine twenty, and that fell fourteen and a half cents. But then that one is trending downward through the end of the year. But there was a lot of upheavals and up and down with that last week, so apparently it needed some adjustments. And rolling on over to our cheese market. Barrels are at 209, up three cents. 40 pound blocks are at 206, no change. And our gray double A butter is at 313 and a quarter, down four cents. And our class three milk for September is at 1988, up five cents. October 2145, up seven cents. November, up three cents to 2150. 42. December's up four cents to 21.50. And January's at 21.09, down a penny. And that market is trending upward through the end of the year. But after the new year, it starts trending downward at this point in time. We've got a few more chores to do. And then we're going to be hitting some news. And then we'll be hearing from Bob as he talked to Sammy Brantner about smart corn. I don't know. Did it go to school? Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're working our way through the chores. Let's take a look at some farm news. Today is the start of National Farm Safety and Health Week 2022. To raise awareness of the importance of farm safety, the staff at AgriSafe Network are sharing free webinars every day this week on their website. Subjects covered in the noon to 1 o'clock time slot include crashes involving agricultural vehicles, safety for workers struggling with mental health issues, protecting and promoting health of workers, grain bin safety, and injury prevention. 
in the 2 to 3 p.m. time slot. ATV safety, heat stroke, heat and smoke exposure among egg workers, mental health awareness, grain bin entry, and working together to prevent harassment in the egg workplace are the subjects that will be covered. The free webinars are sponsored by CHS, Central States Center for Agricultural Safety and Health, Western Center for Agriculture Health and Safety, ASA, HICAHS, and the Pacific Northwest Agricultural Safety and Health Center. Go to agrisafe.org and click on the National Farm Safety and Health Week 2022 box to register. You only have to register once to access any or all of the web- webinars. So if you have time today, or maybe it'll show up later on, go to agrisafe.org and click on the National Farm Safety and Health Week 2022 box to register. Very worthwhile programs. The Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection released its 2022-2025 budget request last week. Agriculture Secretary Randy Romanski is proposing many of the same provisions that were included in the last state budget, according to the Wisconsin Ag Connection. Included in Romanski's request per year are county conservation's funding to at $2 million, Wisconsin Initiative for Ag Exports, $1 million, Producer-Led Watershed Grant Program, $250,000, Wisconsin Meat Processor Grant Program, $200,000 per year, Dairy Processor Grant Program, $200,000, and Farmer Mental Health Assistance Program, $100,000. And those are all requests per year in those amounts. DATCAP is also proposing the renewal of the nitrate optimization pilot program at $1.2 million. But here's a little tidbit for you. The agency's entire budget is about $110 million a year, and it, and it includes the staff and administrative expenses as well as all the programs. So they're actually doing a lot of things with you know, money, people have ideas that there's a lot, a lot of money out there. And in, and in reality, they're very efficient with the money that they're given because that whole budget includes all the people part of it, too. And that's a little bit more about the budgets. And and like I said this last week, I got touched base with them, and they're really hands-on and getting out there. Um, we're going to do a little bit more chores, and then we're going to head on over to listen to Bob. He caught up with Sammy Brantner, and she talked about smart corn. Some people call it short corn. Maybe it's just more efficient. Research never stops in agriculture, and a good example of that is what's going on with Bayer Ag and DeKalb. Sammy Brantner is with me now, and Sammy is uh, an agronomist in northern Wisconsin for DeKalb. And uh, Sammy, something new that's terminology that's hitting agriculture, smart corn, short corn, what is that? Normally you drive down the road and see short corn, and think, that's terrible, but uh, we're actually doing research. What is it? We are doing a lot of research into this. So really what we're looking at um, is creating this corn. So we call it smart corn, um, but targeting it to be five to seven feet tall. And so, you know, this is something we're still doing our research on. We've got a handful of agronomic trials, not quite ready commercially yet, but it's been really fun diving into to see how this can fit into agriculture and into our area in, in the near future. I don't know if you were in the room when uh, the powers that be with Bayer and, and DeKalb said, Let's check into smart corn. Let's grow five to seven feet corn when it's almost a badge of honor to have somebody to grow 15 foot tall corn. So uh, how did this come to be and, and why? Well, I'd, I'd like to think it's because I was getting lost in the corn a little too much and they, and they wanted to find me a little easier. I don't even think five foot corn we could find you. <laughs> well, very true. Um, but no, there's a lot of different aspects that we're looking at with smart corn. So kind of the tagline we like to, to think about is pay, right? So it gives us um, protection from when we think about a lot of these wind storms because we see a huge improvement when it comes to standability. So when we're talking about how we're shortening this corn, we're actually shortening the inner nodes below that ear. And by doing that, the leaf sheaths are wrapping around 
um, that stock that many more times and creating this really phenomenal strength that we see um, in the standability when we do have some wind issues come through. Um, the, the A part of our pay aspect on this is going to be accessibility. So now all of a sudden we can uh, maybe get some of those late season fungicides in. It's a little tricky every now and then to get some helicopters and some planes and even some drones to come in and spray fungicides. So this is opening up a lot of doors for us to be able to get in and put those timely applications on when we want. Um, then also something to think about is nitrogen applications too late season. So just opening a lot of doors. And then finally that why is that yield potential? So by being able to feed that crop when we actually need it, what sort of yield advancements could we see on these things? So you know, really this year we've got a couple plots around in the area. And what we're looking at is, you know, the different planting populations, different fungicide timings. What is the best way that we can manage this corn so the growers can get the most out of it when it does come um, into the marketplace? And we look at some of our standard hybrids now and, you know, some of the years are four or five feet high on these stalks. What does this do for, for ear height and ear placement and multiple ear varieties? Yep, so that's an absolutely great question. Because we're shortening shortening those internodes below the ear, that's the biggest call-out that we get. But the minimum ear height that we're allowing to come through our breeding program is two feet off of the ground. And again, that's the minimum. As I've been walking my plots, um, I'm, I'm seeing pretty consistently kind of that waist high um, ear height on it. So really not a concern at this point, but really excited from that standability aspect too. As you look at the research uh, that you're doing right now, strictly... For grain corn, what's, you know, you, you got less stock, there's less mass there for silage corn. What kind of things are, are you considering there? Yeah, so I think that when I get the goofiest looks when I talk about smart corn is when I bring up that this could be a potential for us in the silage game. And I get the goofy looks like five to seven feet tall silage. I'm used to seeing it above the chopper boxes. But like you said, by reducing um, that stock, we're reducing some lignin. So we're really diving into what is this going to play for us. We're seeing some impressive quality metrics on our preliminary trials and seeing very comparable tonnage um, in our early in our early season trials here to our conventional silage corns. As we, we look at uh, the smart corn, the short corn, you know, you look at how many leaves are on a standard uh, standard stock. What does this do for, I guess, the look of the corn and, and uh, what we're so used to? Yeah. So when we're talking about this smart corn, uh, sh- or powered by short corn technology, we are seeing the same number of leaves still as your regular tall plants. And when you see the emergence on it, it's going to look like a regular corn plant until it gets to about that V7, V10 time frame. And then you'll start seeing a differentiation between the, the tall hybrids and, and, the smart, and the smart corn hybrids. So it, it's pretty fun. Another question that I tend to get is weed control. Mm-hmm. Is my light penetration all of a sudden, you know, going, getting further into the canopy? And what I'm currently seeing in my current agronomic trials, that just hasn't been an issue for me yet. So I'm still seeing a similar uh, light penetration to the taller hybrids. Um, and when I look to push those populations because we're having the same number of leaves and you have more plants out there, I am noticing less uh, light reaching that bottom of that canopy. But again, still a lot more to dive into and learn. And you do have a lot more to dive into and learn, as you said. And, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about uh, plant population, type of uh, the way we work the ground, no-till, conventional till, minimum till. Are these all factors in your research? Absolutely it is. So we have our smaller research blocks that are being conducted across the U.S. Um, but then more locally, we have these agronomic trials that we're looking at. And that's what I got to get my hands on for this year. So the two that I'm focusing in on um, is really a population. So I've got uh, a, block, a five-acre block planted at 32,000 and a five-acre block planted at 40,000. And really trying to cross-compare what are the differences that we are we seeing here and what really is going to be that optimum planting population as we go forward. Now, this is uh, strictly in the research area right now, but what are you seeing just generally? And again, we're we're just looking at it, This, uh, although we're hoping to get it done soon. Right. Yep. So we will probably, this is going to be launched out more in the southern part um, of the state and even probably more down into Iowa, Illinois area in the first year. You know, hopefully in the next five years, we'll start seeing some products uh, rolling forward in some of our more uh, commercial trials, um, MD trials, I guess is what, what I tend to call it on the inside front. Um, but hopefully by, you know, 24, 25, we could potentially start seeing some of these products in the plots. 
full season hybrids are going to go from 80-day corn to 110-day corn in this? Is what we're looking at approximately? Well, to be determined. Oh. So right now what I'm looking at is um, 108 and 111-day product and just, just more to come on those ones. Like I said, we're still in the learning phases and, and we're just excited to have this new technology and um, new, new products rolling out for us. And uh, Sammy Brantner is with us, who's DeKalb agronomist uh, for northern Wisconsin. And uh, you mentioned the technology and the new things going on. One of the things that we have kind of slowed down in the last few years, because of expense mainly, is research and development, new chemistries. We've remixed a lot of chemistries to get different products, but Bayer is sticking some money in the new chemistries. Yeah, so just when you're looking at Bayer itself, between the traits and the chemistries, we're sticking $2 billion into just our research and development. And we really take pride on bringing out products and technologies that are going to benefit that grower um, and, and help really try to combat anything that Mother Nature can try to throw our way. So we're really excited about the investments that we're making. And as we look into the next 10 years, we're going to have a lot of really exciting things to launch from both a chemistry aspect and a, a trait perspective as well from the seed corn side and soybean side. One of the words that uh, bear ag is using is smart. We talk about smart corn, but smart stacks is also a very important part of the lineup. Yeah, so you think about Smart Stacks Pro is going to be huge for us. Um, we've got some corn rootworm pressure, and I know that just hearing the word corn rootworm gives some people some, some heartburn, I would say. More than heartburn. Oh, quite a bit of heartburn, I would say. So being able to bring a brand new mode of action to be able to combat corn rootworm is just game-changing absolutely game-changing out in the marketplace and it's been fun to see we currently have 107 day um, out and about across the southern part of the state so DKC 107 33 our rib brand blend is the one that we've been able to push out this year and when you're comparing the roots um, feeding compared to you know the non RNAi technology corn it's it's absolutely impressive so, I mean, all of a sudden, regardless of what trait package that you have, that cornworm larva has to take a bite. But the, the less feeding that we're seeing on this, the RNAi technology with the SmartStacks Pro has been extremely impressive. And like I said, going to be a game changer for us. And that was Bob and Sammy Brantner talking about smart corn, some of the new technology that's coming out there. It sounds like it's going to be coming into our area before too long. Um, we need to be hearing from Rocky. It's a little after 5.30. We need to get a little bit more chores done, and we'll hear from Rocky from Premier Livestock. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I have Rocky from Premier Livestock. I have Rocky from Premier Livestock on the line. Having a little trouble with my buttons here, getting used to these slides again. It's been a while since I've been by myself. Um, you said it's pretty foggy over your way? Yeah, it does appear to be that way for sure. So, Yeah, that means turn on your lights, slow down, and take your time, right? That's right. All right. So what's going to be happening or what happened last week at Premier Livestock? Uh, thank you, Jill. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is uh, last week's auction shaped up. We sold 2,550 head. Uh, markets were a little stronger across the board here last week. Uh, high choice and prime Holstein steers 132 to 145. Choice beef steers and heifers 135 to 148. Market cows also higher, uh, mostly from 83 to 97 on those high yielding cows. Many other cows from 68 to 82. Uh, market bulls high yielding 95 to 114. Certified organic cows sold every Monday, high-yielding cows from 90 to 120, lower-yielding 89 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves, we sold lots of them last week. Uh, we've been selling over 1,000 every week. Holstein bull calves, mostly from 75 to 185 per head. Your beef calves, 150 to 415. Holstein heifer calves, 10 to 50. Dairy cows uh, held here last Wednesday. We had a big dairy sale, uh, lots of top-quality cattle, selling over 300 dairy cattle. Uh, top-end fresh cows, 2,000 
2000 to 3100. Uh, we had many loads averaging from uh, 2000 to 2375. Coming up uh, this week at Premier Tuesday, uh, we do have our special feeder cattle auction that is featuring two complete beef herds uh, dispersals. Uh, going to be Angus, Red Angus, Herefords, all of them cows going to be bred Angus. Uh, like I said, nice young cows there and all the calves off both them herds sell. Uh, we're expecting 600 to 750 head of feeder cattle. Call in your consignments. Uh, we do start the auction with the beef cows first at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, if you are bringing beef cows, make sure they're into the market today or by 9 o'clock a.m. tomorrow for break checks. Then uh, Wednesday, we got a nice lineup for the dairy sale featuring a top 100-cow Holstein herd. Uh, going to be 43 years of AI breeding. They're going to sell on official test, averaging 75 pounds of milk. Uh, we also have lots of spring and heifers for Wednesday, including 30 AI spring and heifers off one dairy. Uh, questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. All the details on the beef cows, the dairy cows, that's with pictures on both them deals on our website. That'll be at PremierLivestockAndAuctions.com. Don't forget machinery auctions coming up uh, November 18th. You can start bringing your consignments right now for that auction. And uh, that's the way it shaped up, Jill. Sounds like a pretty busy week. Were you out there taking those pictures? Uh, I have not taken much from machinery pictures yet, but we certainly will be doing that before too long. Wow. Did you take pictures of all the cattle that are being sold to? I did take some of those pictures. I got you now. Yep, uh, I did take some of them. So. Well, I'm glad to hear you're getting out and about then. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, we're, uh-huh. we're always out and around. So. <laughs> all right. Well, yep. thank you. Have a great day. You too, Joe. And that was... And that was Rocky from Premier Livestock. We've got to get through a few more chores. And I don't believe we have weather that's going to be coming over from TV 13. So I guess you get to listen to me on that one. Today, 80 and sunny. Tonight, 61. Tomorrow, 85. Humid with mostly sunny. Tomorrow night, 58. Wednesday, 68. So our bottom... Our high drops pretty low. I think uh, weather might know that we're going to be heading into the fall. So Wednesday, high of 68, mostly sunny, but breezy. And Wednesday night, a low of, or a high of 45. Thursday, 61, partly sunny. Friday, 62, partly sunny and cool. And Saturday, 66 and partly sunny. Right now, here in Eau Claire, we're at 55 and foggy. And as I said before, turn on those lights. Watch those lines, slow down, stay safe out there. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Even though Hello Wisconsin is taking the day to tribute as a tribute to the Queen and covering that um, event, um, we still have Morgan here in the studio online and what's been happening out there and about. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Maybe you stayed up for all of the Packers game, in which case at least we celebrate a win, but you might need a little extra coffee in the cup this morning, right? Sorry, Bears fans. Let's look at some of those headlines that plug us into a new week, shall we? Uh, It starts pretty local. We're actually waiting for more information about a deadly weekend shooting in Eau Claire. Police, though, not saying much about the shooting that was just after midnight Saturday at Bergen and Bellevue Avenues. Officers say they found a wounded man who later died at a hospital, and they also say the person of interest is in custody. No one is identifying the victim or the accused shooter, but we could get some more answers later today. Looking into some other headlines, we see across the state that uh, students at La Crosse's Logan High School will be back in class as usual today after a threat canceled their homecoming dance over the weekend. The school's principal said the threat was unsubstantiated, but he did decide to cancel the dance just in case. Now there are no specifics as to what the threat was. The school is planning for a new homecoming dance. Specifics, though, not yet set. As we stretch the view across the state, we see that Wisconsin's U.S. Senator will be working from home for the next week or so. Senator Tammy Baldwin's office yesterday said she did test positive for COVID-19 and is dealing with minor symptoms. Meanwhile, on that note, overall, the hospitalizations back down to about 400 people here in the state, which is holding pretty steady for what we've seen for a while now. You can always find that direct link online when you go to uh, our website. Take you to DHS if you're interested, 715newsroom.com. As we hop across the pond. You've probably noticed a lot of your TV stations already are uh, running the Queen's funeral as Queen Elizabeth is laid to her final rest. That is expected to shatter world broadcast records.
An estimated 4.1 billion people will tune in around the world. That would make it the most watched broadcast of all time, surpassing the 3.6 billion that watched the 1996 Summer Olympics opening ceremony. In England, viewership is expected to surpass Princess Diana's funeral and England's 1966 World Cup win. I'm Trey Thomas. And away from the Royal Palace, but back to the Queen of the Barn, we send it to Jill Welke in the Midwest Farm Show on WAC. 104.5 and then just after six don't forget alex all suited up ready to come in keep plates in the air well we better put the tarp down the wax morning show is always full of adventures never know what they might be but we are live local and right along with you on wax 104.5 wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report it's almost quarter to six 55 foggy degrees out there at wax 104.5 the farm show we're going to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity El Tuna. See what our market's worth from last week. The choice beef steers and heifers, $1.20 to $1.46. We had a top of $1.49 on Tuesday. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.20 to $1.42. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.31 to $1.42. We had a top of $1.47 on Tuesday. Choice Holstein steers, $1.20 to $1.30. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.19 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 79 to 88 with a top of 92.50. 60% of the cows sold from 62 to 78. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 61 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 90 to $1.10. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 89 and down. Cold bulls sold from 85 to $1.05. We had a top on Tuesday of $1.12. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $125 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $280. We had an extreme top of 405 our next special feeder sale is Friday, September 23rd. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market and Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And I have Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the line, ready to rock and roll with what happened last week and what's happening this week. Hey, is it a little foggy over that way? Jill, good morning to you. It's uh, very foggy, so before we do anything here this morning, folks, uh, if you haven't ventured out yet, uh, do be careful. And like Jill said before, uh, the lights are on your car for a, a purpose, not just for decoration, you know, so. Absolutely. I was very appreciative of those fog lights this morning. Yep, so it's... Uh, It'll be left an hour to be a nice warm day, but uh, we got to deal with it this morning. And then, and toward the end of the week, we get into fall, what, on Thursday, I guess. And it'll be, according to the, well, you did a fine job with the weather, so uh, uh, it's uh, going to be cooler, I guess, huh? Yep, cool right down. Well, in the meantime, we will get, uh, we'll let the, know whether, let the folks know what's going on here at Equity Strap. If that's okay with you, Jill, we'll get right into that. Absolutely. All right, I thank you very much, and good morning, everyone. Sales schedule this week here at Equity Stratford. Full marketing week on tap as usual. We'll get started right away this early Monday morning here with the market auction. We sell cow cows here on Monday, also fed cattle, market bulls, baby calves. We'll get those about 1130. And uh, just basically a recap from last week, markets look pretty steady, so we'll see uh, see what happens this week on the calves. Uh, we did uh, we have a little bit stronger market at the end of the week on the bull calves. A lot of those were from... 100 up to 200 on Thursday, so we'll see how that trends out today. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, here at Stratford, we do start tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock with hay and bedding auction. At uh, 11 o'clock tomorrow will be uh, our next uh, dairy sale. And uh, also tomorrow we sell organic market cows and also all types of organic, whatever organic animals you have. We sell those every Tuesday, and uh, following that we'll have the conventional market auction tomorrow. So that'll all be on Tuesday. Wednesday auction, we start at 10 o'clock, full marketing day on Wednesday, uh, including uh, conventional market cows, and we do, we sell most of our fed cattle on Wednesday, so look forward to that, and also sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Feeder cattle sale this Wednesday will be a noontime start, and on Thursday, our auction starts at 11, market 
Bull Marketing Day on Thursday. We do want to mention some upcoming sales. As I did mention, our next dairy sale will be tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, September 20th. We uh, are, have scheduled our next special bread beef cow sale. That will be on Wednesday, October 5th. So mark that on your calendars. We're taking consignments for that sale. We already have cattle consigned for that. Again, next special bread beef cow sale will be Wednesday, October 5th at 12 noon. So in the meantime, Jill, we'll turn it back to you, and I'll be back here tomorrow morning. Uh, give an update on what's happening in the world today as far as markets are concerned. And again, uh, as we uh, cannot uh, mention this uh um, every day we like to do this, but uh, anyway, it's foggy today. School buses are out this morning, folks. Lots and lots of farm work being done, so do drive careful. Uh, um, uh, doesn't pay to be in a hurry because uh, you're going to get there anyway. Like you, uh, this morning you made it to work, and so you just leave a little early, right? You bet. And today right. is the start of the National Farm Safety and Health Week 2022. So that's just another reason to pay attention out there and slow down and give them their space. And in some, and, and uh, kind of connected to that, there was a, I was reading an article, and I remember that, it was a long time ago, but it was uh, about 40 years ago when they had the first, uh, kind of the kickoff for the National Medicine Center in uh, in uh, Marshfield, 1982 that was, so uh, that raised an awful lot of money in the last 40 years, done a lot of good things, so uh, for those of us that were around back then, it uh, doesn't seem like it's 40 years ago, but... Uh, I'm sure Bob will remember some of that. So, anyway, is the big man going to be at the chair tomorrow? He is not. He's taking a day. Oh, well, then you'll be back, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow morning, Jill. Absolutely. Have a good one. You as well. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We've got a few more chores to do, and then we're going to be hitting those markets again. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's about 10 minutes before 6 o'clock, 55 degrees out there here on Wax 104.5, the farm show. We're going to go to look at our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn is down 2.5 cents for December to 6.74. Oats for December at 4.02, up 6 cents. Soybeans for November, they're at 14.51, up 2.5 cents. With wheat for December down 14.5 cents, at sitting at 9.20. Our country elevator prices, Golden Plump and Arcadia's corn is at six nineteen. In Baldwin, six fifteen for corn and thirteen seventy one for soybeans. Duran, six oh five for corn, thirteen sixty one for soybeans. In Mondovi, six ten for corn and thirteen seventy one for soybeans. Elmwood's at six fifteen for corn and thirteen seventy six for soybeans. Fall Creek is at six dollars and thirteen forty six. Asu's at six twenty and thirteen seventy six. Elk Mound is at six thirty five and thirteen seventy nine. With Sparta at six sixty eight and thirteen ninety three. Ellsworth's at five ninety five for corn and thirteen forty six for soybeans. And our ethanol plants in Boyceville were at six thirty nine. Stanley six twenty four and New Richmond six twenty two. And swinging on over to our dairy markets, barrels are at two hundred nine up. Three cents. Forty pound blocks are at two oh six. No change. Our gray double A butters at thirteen three thirteen and a quarter. Down four cents. And our class three milk. September's at nineteen eighty eight. Up five cents. October's up seven cents to twenty one forty five. November's twenty one forty two. Up three cents. December's twenty one fifty. Up four cents. And January's twenty one oh nine. Down a penny. And that market is trending upward through the end of the year. But starting the new year, they're trending downward. We've got to get to our alfalfa program, and then we've got a few more chores to do. So let's roll on over to our alfalfa program right now. Again this morning on our Next Grow Alfalfa Update program, Dr. Dan Undersander is with us, and we're going to talk about seeding. And, Dan, in the spring we talk about frost seeding, but uh, in the fall there's an opportunity as well, isn't there? Absolutely, Bob. There are actually two or three different scenarios that uh, we might consider seeding. One is simply to seed alfalfa following a small grain. We have good moisture, which we generally do. We'd like to see that during the first couple weeks of September, so we're getting at the tail end of the period, but we can kind of look at the weather and see how long we think it's going to stay warm and and that would be a good option because if we do a fall seeding of alfalfa, we'll get about 
90% the yield of a full season next year as compared to 50 or 60% of a full season yield. The other consideration is to seed as a cover crop, and we're doing that in many places following corn coming off as a way to hold the soil in place, to hold nutrients. But the other thing that we might think of, too, is uh, this is a good time to seed. uh, As a cover crop, we could seed oats along with wheat or some rye, some other grass like that to give us our cover crop benefits. But if we put some oats in there, then that's harvestable yield this fall. And oats is actually higher quality when grown in the fall than it is in the spring and would be a good way to get some extra tonnage of some high-quality hay or haylage. And our recommended seeding rate for the oats would be a bushel to a bushel and a half per acre. If we're going to mix it with something that will survive the winter, which oats does not, we would mix maybe uh, half a bushel of oats with half a bushel of wheat, nor with rye or some other cover crop. So it is important to consider that oats will give us some high-quality forage in the fall. It will die out over winter, but we can seed it with some other, other crop that will survive the winter and give us our complete cover crop advantages. So uh, with our good moisture conditions, now is a good time to be thinking about uh, seeding a fall forage, either as alfalfa or as a a hay or cover crop or additional grass forage like the oats. It might be September, but the growing season's not over yet. Think about fall seeding and some of the practices you might undertake. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, with us once again to talk about that on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And that's what I have for you for the farm show this morning on Monday. Remember, it's the National Farm and Safety Health Week, the start of it. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. And today... Right now, it's 55 and foggy in Eau Claire with our weathers a high of 80 and sunny. And our night low is only going to be 61. Tomorrow is going to be 85, humid and mostly sunny with a night temperature of 58. Our last little blurp of summer, probably, because our fall starts here on Thursday. And remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Let's wrap it up with a few chores, and I'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.